0: Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to whatever episode this is of the podcast. Um, Just a quick housekeeping announcement. So given our work schedules and our workloads, we found that it might actually be difficult to release episodes a week in advance of, uh, of the actual podcast for everybody else on Patreon. So what we've decided to do is instead release episodes earlier on Patreon than you would everywhere else. But also, guys, if you signed up to Patreon from now on, once every two weeks, you'll get a bonus episode. So you'll get an episode that only you have access to and no one else can listen to. Only for our Patreon listeners. So this current episode that you're listening to is a free episode. But the, for our Patreon listeners, you'll get a, a extra bonus episode just for you. But anyway, let's get
1: into it. So, Steve. Yeah. Cocaine hippos. Cocaine hippos, guys. <laughs> let's that talk works. about it. <laughs> So this is something we uh, discovered this week that um, obviously with the great, well, not great, but <laughs> with Pablo notorious Escobar, Pablo notor- Escobar. Yeah, that's, that's the word, notorious Pablo Escobar. If you don't know who he is, you need to really watch the TV show. Um, Narcos. Narcos. But uh, he was obviously a massive uh, narcotic uh, dealer. He made hella money, like money beyond your belief. He died in the early 90s, I believe, uh, or early 80s, uh, where they Basically, the police killed him off. But what's funny is that he used to keep uh, hippos and other animals in his private zoo. Bro, and... this Donnie
0: was dummy wild with the animals he kept, man. He, Bro, he tried like... to he tried to implant a horn onto a horse because his daughter said she wanted a unicorn. Are you and serious? the poor thing died because he didn't reject he rejected
1: the body, rejected the horn. sauce.
0: Um, yeah, no, this guy had a crazy
1: zoo, man. Yeah, man. He had like he had, he had multiple animals and obviously when they were clearing up all this stuff, finally, you know, they got to his, his zoo and they're like, all right, let's, let's take some of these, you know, animals to zoos and whatnot. But then they were stuck with the hippos because there was quite a, quite a few hippos in his, um, in his zoo. And in the end, uh, they, they basically said, you know what? They're going to die off anyway. You know, they're not, they're not natural to here. No, one's going to feed them. And so the, the authority obviously left them alone.
0: Like, (laughs) yeah just thinking these cocaine hippos will die they're five tons you know i mean what what exactly are they going to eat where they're going to go which is very cruel by the way which kind (laughs) of makes me very happy about how this thing progressed because
1: their cruelty has led to their own downfall But, but like how incompetent do you have to be though to to say you know what it's, uh, you can tell they're just lazy. They're like, you know what? Yeah, no, but die. bro, like
0: Pablo Escobar had a zoo that, like, from what I read, was even bigger than most of like the world's largest zoos. It had more yeah, animals yeah. in than most of the world's zoos. So imagine you're like taking out giraffes and zebras and this and that, and then you've just got these five-ton hippos, and you're like, <laughs> when does it end? Like, and you, so they they just left them there. Um yeah. and this is in the eighties, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, in the eighties, and um. Basically, uh, the situation has gone out of control now. So, you know, in in like 10 to 20 years, they've just multiplied beyond belief. And these cocaine hippos are all over Colombia. Uh, Basically, they're invasive. And um, yeah. Yeah, they're just
0: taking over. I mean, there's around like what they're saying 80 to 120 of them. um, Yeah, yeah. they use the river Magdalena to to basically just travel through, (laughs) through the country. And you know, they've been spotted like 250 to I don't know, 300 kilometers away from where they were originally in, which I believe was in a um, major or something. But yeah, yeah. Um, so now you've got these, these fucking these hippos everywhere, cocaine hippos <laughs> everywhere. And they, they obviously, you know, if you know about hippos, they're not these cute animals, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, bro, they're, they're,
0: they're murderers, they're massive five-ton aggressive murderers you can't go anywhere near where they designate as like their home they've got no natural predators i and, think
1: in africa i think the statistic is around 500 people a year die of hippos and that's yeah. the that's like the second most after obviously mosquitoes and malaria so <laughs> they really imagine? are the number yeah. one killer
0: yeah like in terms of big animals they're the number one killer in africa it's not like lions or nothing in terms of humans and uh what's what's really really strange about this story is like at the beginning you said oh they thought they're not native here you know whatever they'll die but in reality the conditions of south america have been absolutely ideal for the cocaine hippos because if you think about it you get rainfall plenty of rainfall you get the hot hot hmm. weather and uh, there's no droughts so if anything they've started to reproduce at younger ages they've started to become more virile <laughs> you know more like
1: yeah yeah
0: Hold you up. Know what I mean? They're I mean, warmed like- up. They're just breathing, and they they just so, like they're just doing them, isn't it. And um, <laughs> uh, okay, this is uh, this just sounds so funny to me. Basically, what happened is uh, they haven't actually killed anyone in Colombia, right? But they've injured a farmer once quite badly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they killed the hippo. They shot it and they killed it. And the hippo's name was Pepe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pepe. <the>
1: hippo.
0: <laughs> and, and people were like outraged that how dare you kill this hippo? Because obviously, when people look at Hippos, they think, oh, he's so cute, you know what I mean? it's a fat mammal, blah, blah. But it's like, you know, people don't realize it's a dangerous animal. And uh, yeah, when they killed. When they killed Pepe, uh, it it caused it sparked massive outrage, which is it's so funny to me that
1: they named it Pepe. The uh, fact that think? they gave him the name, like it's such a cute name as all well, Pepe the Hippo. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. But in reality, they're cocaine hippos. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you
0: know what I mean? This is
1: Pablo's hippos, baby. This is, this is... <laughs> exactly. But like, I think this also like comes down to the topic of you know anthropomorphism of of animals, and is that really a healthy thing to do? I mean, you know, like Winnie the Pooh, you know. As, as good and, and fine as he looks on TV, you know, real bear in real life would tear you apart, so... Bro, uh, bears are so apex, it's crazy to me. Yeah, they're, like they're, they're literally at the man. top of the food chain, so...
0: Bro, they're yeah. mad fast, they're mad strong, they're mad agile, there's like, you can shoot a bear basically in the head and he might not die because yeah, one die, it, yeah. his skin is so thick. Yeah, but, that's You know, they're, they're absolutely alpha up and, you know, you're talking, <laughs> a hippo would give it
1: a good run for his money if if not kill it. Like, why and, do we do this? Why, why, why do we pick the most like dang- you do We do it with lions as well, you know. You have like toy lions, etc. Like, why is it the most dangerous animals that we say? You know what? That's good for a TV show. But have or, like... you seen them though? They look mad cuddly. <laughs> yeah, I can't like especially they do look cocaine cuddly, hippos. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. These cocaine hippos look cute as hell, Like, and there's, and there's <laughs> and the people of Colombia apparently they they actually really like the hippos.
1: Yeah, yeah. They're like. So- so so, uh, you know before
0: we go into them liking the like hippos and why it's such a like a polarizing issue yeah let's talk about what what the government is suggesting that they do with them
1: yeah so um basically the government obviously has an issue at the hand because they're estimating that in 2034 they'll reach over a population of 1400 which is ridiculous (laughs) especially in a world where you know uh you know animals are dying off and extinction is a threat they're just that's insane numbers so their idea is basically, obviously, they need to curtail the growth, and um, one of the steps that they could do take, and they've actually attempted, was to sterilize the hippos. But even then, they found that it's a very costly method because if you really think about it, like a hippo is not a rabbit; it's not something you just mm. catch, you know, and sterilize. So first, you need to put it to sleep. Obviously, that takes veterinarians, that takes a lot of medicine, a lot of you know, looking after. But then, once you put the hippo to sleep. Like, physically, how do you pick up the hippo, turn him around? you know what I mean? Do what you have to do. And um, on the BBC article, it does state that it costs around $50,000 per hippo to actually be able to, you know, complete the whole process per hippo, you know? And this is is in a country like Colombia. Yeah, like 36 grand. It's crazy. And I think uh, Mr. Valderrama, uh, he's one of the people that took part in the initial experiment. And (laughs) this is what he said. Even though we had sedated the animal it almost tipped the crane we were using to help with the procedure. It was like being a di- with a dinosaur in Jurassic Park movie. <laughs> Bro, that is insane. That's wild. <laughs> That's insane, man. Can
0: you imagine? Like, And they, I think they only done, like, what, four animals or something? They castrated, yeah, like, yeah. four of them in in 10 years. Yeah, yeah, obviously not going to work. So then what is their solution? Yo, obviously, let's just shoot these motherfuckers. <laughs> We've we got to dead them, these yeah, cocaine yeah. hippos, like... You know, they're doing a madness. But then people find them cute. So they're like, no, don't kill them. uh, You know, and it's become a super polarizing issue. So because of that, they can't really make that move because if they do, public opinion is wildly against them. So, you know, Pablo Escobar really, really handed them an L beyond the grave because uh, (laughs) what can you do in this situation? No one wants you to kill the hippos, but they're not native to the country and they're basically causing the drive for extinction of other animals like manatees mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. stuff within within the country
1: yeah I think and I mean manatee.
0: like you know talking of bears being apex people are apex predators bro like not that I'm not that they're like out there hunting animals but it's just they're so possessive of their own environment
1: yeah
0: and their own like you know land if they see anything
1: else come near it, they will absolutely murder it with no remorse. Exactly, yeah. So, you know, you don't want to mess with it. Then they're, they're not they're not cute and cuddly. And like you said, I want to touch on the manatee issue. I mean, that's a native species. And, you know, it'd be a shame if you just bought in something that wasn't native and just killed off your native species. But on top of that, the other yeah, issue... that it
0: Sounded a bit Brexit there.
1: Yeah, very Brexit. Yeah. I don't know, but <laughs> I support it. I support the manatee movement. But, like, on top of that, it's also the issue with changing the chemical composition of the rivers. Because obviously, when you know, when animals live in, a, in an environment, they change the environment. And this is one of the worries as a lot of these rivers and waterways are used by fisheries, you know, people who make a living off of the fish. And if the hippo overpopulate, you know, they can overeat, or they can uh, change the chemical composition, making the fish, you know, no longer suitable for the water, basically endangers people's live livelihoods as well. So, you know, the, the, it, it affects a lot more than we think it's not just the manatees that take an L but human beings as well, you know, that depend, their salary depend on the waterways or transport are also going to take a massive ill. So maybe I'll pose this question to you, Aaron. Like if you were top uh, top uh, president of Colombia, you know, you know, you have these cocaine hippos. I don't call them cocaine hippos, like cocaine hippos mm. in the waterway. What would you do?
0: bro? I think like I, I, after a certain point, um, you've got two options, right? For me, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I know some some people would just be like, Yeah, shoot them in the head, but for like yeah. me, I wouldn't want to kill them either. Uh, because uh, you know, hippos themselves aren't you know, they don't have massive numbers anyway, so it is in itself like a, a species that needs to be protected. Um, so what I would try to do would be find all of them first of all, because, <laughs> yeah. like, we said, actually, it says over here 370 kilometers away from where they were originally sighted, so they've really spread out. So, I'll try to find all the hippos first and then try to basically bring them all towards one location, which again would be logistically very difficult. But if <laughs> I could, like, slowly herd them, you know, towards one particular, you know, region or mm-hmm. one particular area, I could try to create some sort of like a conservation park of some sort right, where, I can, right. where I can put them in there instead. Uh, so, that's one option. And I mean, I guess the second option would be to try and find or invest in research that can basically castrate them without actually castrating the animals. So like, like injections, chemistry. chemicals, something like that, which might be cheaper to try and like, you know, bring down the population. Yeah, yeah. Because like you said there, I mean, it's going to, it's going to, if it's going to cause the extinction of other animals and it's going to stop people from earning a living, which, you know, is going to have a knock on effect to everything. Uh, it doesn't seem ethical to just not do anything. So you have yeah. to try and do something, but um, I don't know, like, I would feel bad to just be like, I hey, think... let's just shoot Pepe in the head for like this. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, these cocaine hippos deserve a life
1: too. I th- I think, like, your first idea is a good idea, but it's too ideal. Because, like, we had this issue in the UK, if people don't know, you know, then the native squirrel population was originally the red squirrel. And then, basically, from Canada, um, someone brought in some dickhead brought in the gray squirrels and uh, basically they they bred it like hell because they were just more superior than the red squirrels they had all their food and they had no natural you know competitor in the uk so they just bred uh, insanely and they pretty much wiped out most of the red squirrels in the uk which is a shame um obviously it's something that we want to get rid of and i think they tried to do something similar where they create conservations but you know you you can't catch every case and that's the issue. That's what the initial police thought, you know, they're going to die off, you know, or oh, even the one-off cases that don't die off, it won't matter. But like, I, f- I think your first method is a bit too much, but I do agree that they need. if they can create some kind of conservation, if it comes to the point where, you know, they have to cull them off, it just it is what it is, we have to kill them off, but we keep some for the conservation, you know, the ones we can keep in a safe way, in a cheap way, then yeah, let's do that, that makes sense, but, I have a feeling you just need to, you just need to open the borders to these like American hunters and just say, you know what, boys, go for it.
0: <laughs> but bro, like I'm, I'm so against it on an ethical standpoint to just kill an animal for fun. That even mm-hmm. in a situation like this where it might be something that you have to do, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to involve trophy hunters. I don't want to give them that satisfaction. Like these, they just creeps. You know, you I, mean? I think, I think yeah, if yeah. you're if you're a trophy hunter, you're a creep. Right. I'm sorry. I, that's my personal opinion. You may not agree with it. But I think you're a very creepy guy if you take some sort of satisfaction out of like killing an animal with a gun. Like, you, what does that prove? Do you know what I mean? It's like, if I got a rocket launcher and I shot a lion from 50 million miles away, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. what does that prove? Does it prove you're a man because you've killed, a, killed this majestic animal with your with your weaponry? Like, I wouldn't want to involve any kind of
1: I yeah. agree. Yeah, trophy Those hunting. Uh, I, th- I think it's just kind of yeah, sick. Like, I can't like like. But like I think said, it can be justified if there's an extreme overpopulation. But that's
0: that's the whole point of culling. You know, like culling is different. Like if you can but put but them like, out of their misery in like a humane way and yeah, yeah. down the population. But like
1: most culling is that way. I mean, in America, I know they have an issue down south with basically uh, pigs or um, what they call boars, wild boars. Yeah. And the way they approach culling is that they have seasons where they just open it up and they say this is the culling method, so people can come in. And you know, it's, a, it's many... a very
0: capitalist way of doing it though, because they they basically monetize it almost where they're like, hey, come and buy these permits so that you can go and kill these animals yeah, in a specific period. But let's and
1: be honest, like we're talking about Colombia. Blast. We're not we're not talking about you know a country that has insane resources like the US. We're not talking, do you know what I mean? No, like, no, 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 no. So I know, I know. So realistically, this is the way to do it. So, so you're not you're not gonna, gonna hire
0: people was yes, Colombia, like we say all of this, but Colombia doesn't have the resources to maybe even do the ecological, you know, uh, conservation and whatnot, or even the chemical yeah, yeah. thing. Uh, but again, there's, there's, we've seen the sort of um, knock-on effects of allowing trophy hunters into Africa. And so that's not something that I'll be very keen on if, with regards to Colombia um, for them to do it because it's a slippery slope. Because at what point does it become a thing of people start breeding hippos just to then sell them off to these trophy hunters to kill?
1: Well, I think in Africa, like, the situation is a bit different because they are literally illegally killing animals. You know, they're, they're just Western people that have the money to pay for, you know, people that pretty much yeah. Pay off same, the police, same same thing that with that, bro. We're talking about Colombia, bro. This is yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're talking about Pablo Escobar's cocaine hippos, true, like true, true. You know but in mean, this bro? case, in this case, I feel like if if they can put it in a legal way, and if they crack down on illegal hunting of course i mean
0: if my grandmother had wheels she'd be a bike do you oh know my you days <laughs> no i mean i'd say look even if you're going to go for the Kali method i would rather yeah. it be done through you know more humane ways like mm. i don't know maybe like a dart or something like that which is not like oh yeah let's just allow this random person to come over here with their assault rifle and just blow holes in this animal rather than that I'd, you know if there's if there's a more humane way to do it
1: mm you, well, I, I think cull, shooting an animal can be humane i mean if you shoot it like i mean most hunters don't look to, yeah most yeah, hunters yeah. don't look to to you know have a, a rough yeah, time yeah, with it um, look to just take it out straight away so i mean even but, when, you, you know you day, gotta think
0: a lot of trophy hunters want to take their trophies back home so they want the hippo head so they won't shoot true. It in the that's head true. They, they'll shoot it in the body somewhere track it until it maybe, bleeds maybe. out and then do you know what i mean so it, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of considerations to that but there is there is
1: but I feel like the uh, Pepe, the hippo uh, ideology that exists in Colombia is kind of, it's cute. It's cute because the moment Pepe starts eating, an, uh, you know, real Pepe, the kid, then, yeah. then we'll, we'll, we'll see who's talking then. So obviously it's something that needs to be done about, but like well, how they do it, it's going to be iffy. I Yeah, I guess my final stance would be, ideally, I agree with you, Aaron, like that's the ideal method, but you know, you got to take into account what they can do and what they can't do. And I think this is the best compromise is to allow culling. But I yeah, do... Yeah, no, I, no, no, I, I, I think, you know... I, I, I think do, camp is good.
0: Yeah, yeah, in an ideal world, obviously, the, the conservation thing would be the case. And I do agree, like, if you can't do it because of resources or whatever, or just the logistics of it, then fine, yeah, go for culling. I just don't, wouldn't want it to be, like...
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. hey
0: guys let's make this into a whole tourism thing where you just yeah, come and kill hippos like I'd rather they just do it in a humane way let the scientists figure out a way to just do it for because mm-hmm. you know killing stuff can be cheap you know what I mean so if they can figure out a way to do it where it's humane and uh, you know cost uh, cost free I guess uh, then yeah that would be something that would be more more open to rather than just yeah let's let's just allow these people to come and just yeah, shoot, yeah. shoot them in the head of a bazooka like us <laughs> you know like what i mean Three
1: bazookas too far <laughs> yeah
0: um but yeah no nah, so like this is just it's such a strange story where you just see cocaine hippos as like the main headline and we just kind of got into it it's
1: actually <laughs> crazy like oh let me ask you if you were pablo escobar like what would you do with that money oh with my cocaine money yeah with that cocaine would you create cocaine hippos or cocaine lions or like what would you do
0: bro I mean this guy done everything though like he you know like the famous story of like he burnt he burnt money to keep his door warm like he, yeah, this yeah. guy did not respect money whatsoever so he was just buying
1: and doing whatever he wanted and the
0: if like heard, the most outland- heard,
1: outlandish thing you do like something crazy like don't think about oh, I'll give it to charity Like something I was just actually for just yourself gonna say give it to charity
0: but I thought it would piss you off so I didn't say it um, yeah
1: yeah
0: what would I do <sighs> damn like for me though I'm, like, I can't give it to no one else yeah for you
1: but you have to do something outlandish like crazy
0: um,
1: the way um, I'd build like several Disneyland's in my backyard you don't understand
0: <laughs> bro I mean pff, I guess if you've got the money for it why not do you know That's what, what I'm mean? saying and the guy King? had more money than like other nations had do you know what I mean so, <laughs> yeah yeah Um, what would I do with my world bro I've never actually thought about if I was super rich what I would do with it mm I, I genuinely I do think I would just give it to other people because they're like oh after a certain point man how much money do you need
1: enough is enough do you know what I mean
0: like do you know what I mean like how at what point do you go you know what I th- I think I'm rich enough like you know that's why I always have this issue with Jeff Bezos I'm like how much more do you need man just like but it's, <laughs> do you I th- see what I'm saying I think it's
1: one of those things that you don't understand until you're finally in it and then you get you get those feelings if that makes sense but bro, you know what it's mean? like
0: even if you were to buy the world's most expensive house how expensive is it let's Google it. Let's Google it. You go ahead, Google it. Well, how expensive is the world's most expensive house?
1: So the top, world's top most 10. expensive yeah, house, top ten. <laughs> you need at yeah. least one hundred twenty-eight. Oh wait, so that's number oh, so, ten. So wow. like the
0: tenth one is a uh, hundred and twenty-eight million or whatever. So what's All the right, most number expensive? one?
1: Buckingham Palace so 2.9 billion Buckingham
0: Palace For 2.9 billion And that was light That was change For Pablo Escobar And them I mean, Do you know what I mean Yeah <laughs> yeah So yeah. it's like When you think about it like that You're thinking bro You can get the whole Of Buckingham Palace Like how much money Do you need And would you even need A Buckingham Palace Like <laughs>
1: Or what like... You
0: know what I mean How many bedrooms Is enough I think it's got like what 700 bedrooms or something Buckingham yeah, Palace like something, got something like ridiculous
1: 775 rooms Yeah
0: 775 rooms I mean if you're a family of five, do you really need that many bedrooms anyway? Like, what do you do with that kind of money? That's insane.
1: Uh, it comes back to capitalism, brother. Listen, what is the queen doing with 775 rooms? Explain to me. Oh my
0: God, do You know what? Don't get me started on the monarchy because this will take a mad left. Hey, you know what I realized? You know yeah. when we sometimes have a guest on? Yeah, yeah. I feel like they don't like me because they listen to the podcast beforehand. And especially if there's someone who might be a bit more, you know, right-leaning. Um, yeah, hey,
1: hey, hey, okay, yeah, okay, okay, I, I can see that.
0: Do, do you do you get that sense as well? Because like, especially before you, you podcast, are a communist, actually,
1: though
0: yeah, you know, I'm very, I'm left wing in it. Like, so just I say, say it. my opinion. I'm not saying that, but yeah, like I say my opinions and uh,
1: read between the lines, uh, listeners. But yeah, no, I get what you mean. I think they get a pre preconception, but once they talk to you, do you yeah, know what I mean? Like, I mean,
0: we've had all sorts of people on this podcast, but yeah, yeah, yeah. What well, a lot of listeners won't hear is like the conversations beforehand and. Very, very frosty when they uh, first approached me, and um, yeah, point? but I don't know, I don't think I'm saying anything crazy when I say you don't need
1: 750 bathrooms. No, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, th- I, th- I think you've been uh, you're actually been all right. Well, m- maybe we can talk about another subject. So, we've seen in um, the tech uh part of the news, a lot of countries and organizations are you know launching satellites to Mars, mm. and we see like China has officially succeeded in putting a probe in a Mars orbit. Same as the UAE probe as well. It just broke into Mars's orbit. And, of course, we know Elon Musk, he's trying to get there. And there's, a, there's a huge race Mars. towards Mars. What's going on? Like, Why not the moon? What is it with Mars that is so interesting? What do you think? I think, you know, um, when you think about
0: people at that level, right, who, are, who have that level of power and income and wealth, when they look at Mars, I think what they view it as is a business opportunity so you're talking there's a whole you know planet when mars is like what twice the size of earth
1: yeah huge it's right bigger. yeah
0: so you've got all this land to work on you know you can you can make this whole new planet where you can just send people to work and make money for you in my opinion that's all this is they're just looking at it as, oh there's another planet i can colonize like you know it's it's an opportunity for them it's a business opportunity for them like I don't think it's like, oh, we really love science and we just yeah, want to yeah. research. I think, you know, you look at this huge, vast land and you're thinking, hmm, if I get there first and I set up my bases and I set up my camps and I, you know, can uh, terraform it or whatever their plan is to yeah, make yeah. it habitable. You know, that's, that's
1: wealth. like That's wealth, yeah. And, and know I think him? we've learned from the past as well where, you know, there were countries that were, weren't looking for the new world or weren't interested in America, even once it was found. For example, like the Ottoman Empire... Although they actually had a better navy, but like historically speaking, their navy was a bit uh, much larger than the rest of the countries. They weren't interested in the new world because they knew about the world in the East Asia, etc. So, but th- I think I think there's a learning experience from that where it's worth going to the new world, even though there's a lot of doubts. Because what you can find, what you can do, you know, history has shown. Look at America now, such a big nation, a leading nation, um, and I think we still, as human beings, have that. We still have that strive to like go somewhere else. I don't know what it is like traveling. We love to travel and it makes mm. no sense. Like, if you think about it, it makes no sense. It's unknown. You know, there might be danger. You might, you know what I mean? Unknown cultures, blah, blah, blah. But we love to put ourselves out there and travel. I believe, put ourselves I believe, I believe it's called
0: endorphins. Uh, we, so we get, endor- <laughs> we get endorphins, oh, right. I think, from new experiences because it's something that the brain hasn't felt before. Mm. So I think that's maybe what, drove the original people to venture into the new world and yeah but i feel like today what that that drive isn't there because not anyone can just be like i'm going to be a traveler and just walk in a direction and just find something new of course the new thing that you're finding is on mars and the people who can do that are very limited on earth and they don't i don't think they view it in the sense of oh i just want to do like research they view it as this is an opportunity to you know grasp some power some money some influence but and whatever i,
1: I think is a bit more complicated i think it's like multiple uh agendas that merge into one like project for example mm-hmm. yeah there's that factor you know the person who wants to basically and usually it's the countries that's why it's uae that's releasing it china that's yeah, releasing yeah. it so obviously there's that geopolitical kind of economic driving factor but i also think without the you know the urge for scientists to you know like want to push their technology, want to test new things. And I feel like there's all these these agendas combined to make it actually happen. But without all the pieces, it will never happen, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah of course. But I just feel like at the end of the day, no matter what scientific um, you know, technology comes out of our race to get to Mars, the end goal really is just, you know, let's get to Mars first and let's try to take over as much of the land and the resources yeah. as we can before anyone else can. And i mean we spoke about this before like space law
1: yeah exactly. it's being
0: written as we go along so it's like is it going to be a case of whoever got there first owns that land or is it going to be a case of you know it doesn't matter who gets there first we as the human race all own part of mars like, are you going to be able to buy real estate in in mars
1: well i think people are a mortgage on
0: mars going to be
1: i think people have already bought plots on mars and like plots on the moon, which is crazy. Like they the have thing that is, already.
0: You can, but then how how will that hold?
1: Well, I, want, I, I guess people can't legally? infringe. People need to make agreements with you. But that's crazy yeah, that you can you actually buy.
0: Who are you to sell and who are you to yeah, buy? Yeah, exactly. And will that's that my. What hold in a court court of law on a Martian Martian court of law? Like, would that? Will that hold there?
1: Well, at the moment, it's, it's the Earth one. I mean, we don't have a Martian state this, or nation. This is what I'm saying, though.
0: This is what I'm saying, mm. if, How will that agreement you made on Earth hold on Mars? What will be the ramifications of, let's say, we do, you know, colonize Mars and we do start living there? Yeah, yeah. Will, will a guy who spent £20 on eBay to buy a plot of land on Mars, will he have any legal hold or legal claim to that land?
1: I think, like, the whole idea that you can buy land like, in space, is sick. Like, in a bad way. Like, it's sick in the head. Because who are you? Like, what do you mean you own, like, this plot on Mars? Like, you're no yeah, one. Do you know how, what I mean? Like, yeah,
0: yeah. How can you possibly own that? We, we don't even... Like, who, who are you buying it off? That's the part that's yeah. killing me. Like, who who gave you the right to buy that land anyway?
1: Like Exactly, yeah. But, you know, this is how humans are. We fight for territory. It's interesting. I mean, like, we... Again, when it comes to fighting and technology, like, always so far in history, the big pushes into, you know, science is expensive, let's just put it out there, it's expensive to do experiments that fail. Do you know what mm. I mean, no one wants things to fail. And no one wants to lose that money. But f- for science to progress, you need to It's expensive. And therefore, it only really prospers when there's a direct need. For example, with nuclear science, you know, that the Americans were, you know, pushing for the nuclear atomic bomb to be yeah, basically yeah. D- discovered and that's the only reason why we have nuclear power stations you know watches that, ba- that are based off like vibration of quartz and reading the you know what i mean this this is the only reason why we have this technology unfortunately it's because of the push of a military need and you know yeah, i feel it's like, like the,
0: it's like the positive side effect of an un, you know, yeah a negative a very thing. negative thing so yeah
1: I feel this is just the nature of science and like when it comes to like these you know buying plots of land, i'm pretty sure there's going to be another space war You know, we already had one during the Soviet era where they had satellites shooting each other down, etc. There's going to be another one. And that's when science will thrive again, which is like, it's bittersweet. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, it's unfortunate. That's what it takes. But, you Mm -hmm. know, as you said, some of the biggest leaps we've
0: made were during those periods.
1: Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Would you you, as
0: as industrialization became a thing and we started moving over to like machinery, then it became all who has the best machines. Exactly, and this kind of and all the you know, even the world wars, unfortunate as they were, led to in terms of science, led to vast improvements in where we are today, for
1: yeah. They example.
0: Did. So yeah. it's scary, man. I don't
1: know, I don't know it's a scary sad. world, it's a scary world, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know who do you think will, will win in the end? I mean, like, do you think China I, will I catch think the up future because future belongs to China, yeah, yeah? Unfortunately, I think so as well. And I've, i say... I've,
0: said, I've said this many times, so have you, and uh, you just because, um, you know, the biggest import in America, in my opinion, is uh, the scientists.
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, so, I think so as well.
0: You know, when they do like these tests on IQ, while other countries seem to be, well, not all of them, but some of them seem to be getting smarter every decade. America seems to be getting, well, uh, you know, to be quite frank, a bit, a bit dumber. Every, every decade, the average intelligence of, a, of an American citizen seems to be going down. But in terms of science, they've always been kind of front runners and they've been the ones who've done this innovative stuff. So it's like, how does that work? Why is that the case? Well, the reason that's the case is because they import in scientific talent.
1: Yeah, they do, yeah. Because I mean, they I... have
0: they have the infrastructure to nurture scientific intelligence. Exactly, yeah. But you know, um, they, they might not necessarily have the homegrown talent for it. I so... think
1: I think they do they have the talent, but I think the difference is what they don't have is the overall talent. So, like, if you're talented, you're gonna be accelerated beyond belief to the top. Mm, do you mm. understand? Like, their education system, past school, when it comes to university and like the whole environment of industry, is insane. So, if you're the top, if you're already bright and you're at the top, you're gonna be accelerated through. But everyone else in the middle is kind of stuck. Do you mm. know what I mean? This is where other countries do better, where they have a more of a spread of uh, education, where it's like more holistic. This is my feeling. You know, when I speak yeah, to Americans yeah, as the well. The
0: thing is, actually, let me not tell a lie. Let me not just say this about, um, you know, the Americans, because it's the same in Britain as well. We yeah, import yeah. a lot of talent. Like I work in the research industry. A lot of the people that I work with, um, you know, they weren't born here. They were born in other countries where they're incredibly intelligent. They have this incredible, like, scientific brain, but they just didn't have the opportunities back home. So yeah, they come yeah. over here. But, you know, when you think about this in the long term, you're thinking these people, obviously, they, they want to contribute back to their own homelands, which is fair enough, right? You want to always help out people back home and you want to do X, Y, Z. So eventually there'll come a point where these people will have to choose whether it's, uh, you know, science in, in America, in Britain, that they want to advance or science back home. And when that becomes the case, I genuinely feel like China has an advantage over other nations.
1: Yeah, I mean, their population is huge and they've population been through huge, the huge. the change of population demographic, you know, before where they were like more, more, let's say, low end uh, working people, you know, working on production. They've now become more on the tech side. I mean, you see Alibaba being massive and other huge tech companies. So, and it's, yeah, all economically, the, I mean, we, we've been through this with the. Yeah, we've done this again and again, again and
0: again and again and again. But when, when it comes to into space,
1: into it, but... I think. Eventually, maybe not initially, but I think eventually there will be the winners. But it will be between them and America because l- let's not forget, America has done amazing things when it comes to space.
0: Like so yeah, yeah, far, course, a lot of course,
1: the achievements yeah. have been American achievements and they still are. They've become more privatized, but don't get it wrong, it's still American led. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it yeah, might not world, be NASA. They are
0: the world leaders, regardless yeah, of, exactly. of what's going on. I, I just the point that I'm trying to make is that. I feel as though their homegrown talent is diminishing and is more relying on outside people being sourced in because obviously, like I said, it's, it's becoming more privatized.
1: Totally. So you're hiring
0: yeah. people from outside to come in, but in the long term, that will be counter interactive for them. They need to invest in their own education system mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. what they want to do is get America to Mars first.
1: I, I totally agree. And um, maybe we can push on with America and mm-hmm. talk more about just, just to touch on it, it's towards We're coming towards the end of the episode, anyway. But like, just to touch on it, the whole, uh well, they're trying to impeach Donald Trump. I think we're on day four oh, or God, day I'm five sick of it, man. I just don't care. How do you feel about that? Like, yeah, I feel I like I'm sick of the care. news. I Actually, care. I don't know, man. Just, just let it go, man. I, I, I just had enough. Like, we're already thinking about like, this coronavirus. Bro, being they're, not gonna every do day. they're not going to do nothing. They're
0: not going to do nothing. They're not going to do niche. What can you yeah, prove? Yeah. What what can you actually prove about Donald Trump? You can say he goaded them on sure, but is that the same as inciting? You know? Yeah, a riot? I
1: feel like there's a jump there. You know, there's a jump. There's not yeah. enough
0: proof. There's not enough evidence. If they do, I actually think it will be a miscarriage of justice because it's about proving unilaterally that the person has committed the crime, exactly, to, to give them a punishment. You can't do that in Donald Trump's case. So. You can't and say, then,
1: Oh, we interpret it to be this, like yeah, it's have, not about like interpretation, said- it's
0: cold hard fact. If you can prove that he's done it, then cool. But I just don't think there's enough proof of that because he's never actually openly said go and do it. He just goed yeah, them yeah. on. So yeah. and it's like you're by doing this, you're just giving him more attention, more power, because when you inevitably aren't able to get rid of him, what's gonna happen is they're gonna say, Well, look, you know, they're all against us. This is proof of it exactly Uh, they're corrupt blah blah this and then he's gonna use this for his next platform when he runs again in four years it's yeah you just give him ammo it's
1: yeah yeah. it's yeah and i feel like it's gonna alienate the rest of the american peoples because i don't know man obviously the whole thing was a shambles like what they did there was fucking ridiculous and stupid but honestly, you it, know, what? I don't even want to talk about. It. I just don't want to talk about it. You know what? Yeah, let's, uh, okay, let's, let's stop. I, I, know I don't.
0: I don't want to talk about because I think I, even our <laughs> listeners are kind of fucking bored of Donald Trump as well. Yeah, right? yeah, I think everyone's
1: bored of it. I mean, everyone's bored it. let's
0: talk about some other stuff, man. Some new stuff. Some stuff. Hey, aye. aye calm down, baby girl. No, no, <laughs> relax. Because I this is indicative of not just our podcast, but like of just the world. People mm. don't want to. They just want to constantly hear about Donald Trump and COVID, and I'm just like enough. Enough, I just let's talk about some other stuff, man. God, this is just collectively, it's giving the entire country all right, all right, all right, all right, calm down, stop crying.
1: stop crying, stop crying, <laughs> stop crying. I've got another one for you. Yeah, so, no. there's a at this point in time, there's the energy races is really high. And, um, reading on a report, there's been a global race to try to produce hydrogen offshore. And, why, why hydrogen? People are asking, like, well, what is up with hydrogen? Well, hydrogen, uh, in the near future can be used as an alternative fuel. Um, This has been looked at at multiple companies, vehicle companies, etc, etc. And it's a very, uh, you know, hydrogen is made out of water. So you can imagine, (laughs) once you're able to make hydrogen out of water, basically fuel becomes abundant and pretty like, you know, practically unlimited. Mm. And obviously, the, the, um, the, uh, the emissions of this hydrogen fuel will essentially be water as well which is much cleaner than what we currently have where you know we burn fuels and it turns into carbon dioxide. So at this point especially in the UK we started putting out um hydrogen uh well, wind turbines in deep water that also produces hydrogen fuel and uh uses it uh, as a point of fuel. Mm-hmm. And the reason why there's this push is because there's this thing called the Pir- uh, Paris climate agreement. I don't know if you've heard about it Aaron but Essentially, Again, says, I've only
0: heard of it because of Donald Trump. All right, it out of it, but let right, me whatever. flesh it out a
1: little bit. But like the point is within the next 30 years, we're meant to be carbon neutral. So mm. what this does is it forces companies and it forces industry to basically push to a direction where their vehicles, their you know, productivity doesn't use carbon fuel, such as you know, what we currently use. So hydrogen is a big solution. Mm like what do you think the impacts of that will be once that let's say we we get it to a point where it's used everywhere what do you th- do you think life would be a lot different Do you know what I mean what can you see that would be different
0: i think uh, what we'll find is a number of cancers that people are, are developing um will actually decrease um obviously i'm in cancer research so my mind immediately goes to that but i feel like there's a lot of environmental factors that are leading to poor health whether it be cancers or whether it be like respiratory problems, which are on the increase. I feel like first things first in terms of our day-to-day life, what we'll notice is that less people are getting sick, uh, which in turn will mean less of a strain on the health services, which means more money can go into the economy, which means that, you know, um, just, just our day-to-day quality of life will improve. So I don't understand how anyone can be against this sort of thing. Like, You know, I understand some people might not, for whatever reason, believe in uh, climate change, which, again, is a whole different topic on its own. But I just feel like, why would this be a bad thing? I just, in my head, when I think about, okay, if we're all carbon neutral, why would it be bad?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, even for the people that don't believe in climate change, let's say they don't believe in climate change, right? At least as a British citizen or a citizen of Europe, you want to secure your kind of energy production, right? And a lot of our energy production... This is my thinking. A lot of our energy production and source comes from the Middle East or Russia because we don't have fuel in Europe like that. So if we can become independent of these sources, is that not still a good thing? Even if you don't believe in climate change, is that still not a good thing? Now we don't rely on these people that could cut us off, let's say, in the future because of a tension in a region. You know, Don't you want to secure your children's future?
0: If they can point out to me something beyond the superficial as to why they don't want this to go ahead, then I'll hold my hand up and I'll say, fine. But I actually, like, I don't see what's bad about doing this. Like, as you said, being able to be independent in making our own energy, for me, that's enough of a drive. You don't I don't need anything else. Even that is
1: enough. Like, why yeah.
0: why are you so against it? I just, this is something that I really do not understand.
1: Yeah, I think it's still a minority. And there's a, I think a lot of it comes down again to the mistrust of government. You know when government does big big projects a lot yeah. there's always a mistrust and this is to be honest in my opinion the government's fault because of the way they've acted in the past and you know when you lie eventually you're going to be exposed and that's happened a lot of times and we could we talk about iraq we can talk about a lot of things and i feel like this is where the mistrust is placed although they're wrong you know the people are wrong the government needs to take a good hard look at themselves and say hey if we keep doing this you know maybe the mistrust will come on something very vital like covid <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, 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 exactly, yeah exactly. and this is the result of it so uh, like everyone needs to take a good hard look on how they approach things in um, the political sphere and in science the people yeah, have I'm, to understand that i'm not, not going to sit it.
0: here and lie and say that i know the absolute ins and outs of all of this now I, I understand that there is some concern that if for example we move over to more specialized kind of wind turbines and more more um technological things that there might be, actually be a job loss because people might not be you know educated to be able to work on those newly created systems or whatever i don't know i don't know what the downside of this sort of thing is but if there is a downside or you feel like there is a downside to the paris agreement and to trying to become carbon neutral yeah message us
1: yeah message yeah, us, message like, us. Let's,
0: yeah. Let, we'll actually put it up onto our story and stuff if you think that there is a negative aspect of this i'm not going to sit here and act like you know we're not experts we do discuss these topics but it's not like we know them all inside and out so message us why don't you want this to be a thing
1: yeah exactly i really I mean, want to hear it i mean like i i do well
0: work... oh you you just mute yourself mate
1: yeah sorry yeah yeah well I, I i do kind of work on the energy side of aircraft technology so i do have um say a good background on this and like you said the I just want to address the job loss thing. Like they really won't be a job loss because the way we produce energy is similar. At the end of the day, you need to drive that turbine. This is how Mm. it works. There's a spinny thing, right? That drives drives electricity and you have Mm. to spin that thing. And at the moment, what we use is hot air, right? And how do we get hot air? We burn stuff, okay? Okay. So the only difference now is that we're not going to burn the nasty stuff. We're going to be burning the clean stuff. The technology itself pretty much remains the same. In my opinion, this is like you know, my education. So when it comes to like, you know, are people be losing jobs in power plants? Well, not really. Just the technology change. Actually, more than that, probably more jobs will come into it because we'll have unforeseen things that will have to be dealt with, right? So I don't know. I, so I don't think that's the genuine thing What are, they, what are they against? This is what I don't understand. That's what I, so this is why we need someone on. I, will, I really want to get someone on that will talk about this subject and perhaps in the future we'll, we'll have that and actually have a you know civilised discussion you know, no one's digging re- anyone out. Just want to, you know, inquire and get the other side of the story because obviously we can just only speak on our side, but it'd be interesting to see you know, the other one. So yeah, check out our story. If you're passionate about the subject and you have good points, hit us up. You know, we're friendly. Listen to all our other podcasts, and we have opposing views. You know, we're we're not afraid to talk about taboo subjects either. So just hit us up, and we'll we'll go through that. But um, oh oh,
0: but actually, if you want to make suggest an episode for us. You better get your ass over to Patreon, right? Yeah, boy. Because I'm, I'm not doing that shit for free, right? I buy that.
1: <laughs> Look, we just um, want to grow our podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, at this point, just to be honest, you know, we're we're very transparent with our listeners. We've put a lot of money into this podcast, and that, that our goal for this year is to try a, be closer to neutral than at a loss, and that, that's basically it. And no, if I'm we only cash neutral, baby, cash mm, neutral. If it, if we, the fact is, if we can only get 10 subscribers, it covers our costs. And yeah. that, that for me, that's a, that's a win. But that's on the sideline. Maybe we go back to hydrogen, just to explain to people as well. One of the biggest challenges of hydrogen fuel, especially when it comes to storage in vehicles, is that it's not as dense. So when I talk about density, I mean, like, the amount of volume required to burn to use for the same amount of energy is a lot larger for hydrogen because, obviously, it's a gas, right? Mm. And so the shape of vehicles, the fundamental shape of things will have to change unless we improve in our technology to reduce the volume. But at this point, the vehicles we see today, they, the, Steve, the tanks will Steve, need to be larger. Yeah.
0: I'm going to stop you right there. Go on, son. Do you know why I'm going to stop you right there? Explain. Because this sounds like bonus bonus episode. Content, oh, right? I, see, I, see, I see. So how about this, guys? Thank you for listening to this episode of the Verbal Reasoning Podcast for free, my I add. But if you're a Patreon listener, head on over to the bonus episode.
1: The party
0: Uh, Steve, why didn't you say, who said having fun and being serious can't go hand in hand, you?
1: That was bloody brilliant.